0: November 9th of 2023. Where has the time gone? I'm Larry Lannon. I'm a volunteer here for Chapter 49 doing some PR work and uh, this podcast for the most part. We welcome you to the podcast. So happy that you did uh, take a little bit of your time to join us today either on the video or audio versions of our podcast. Chapter 49 represents most IRS employees in the state of Indiana. So we once again welcome our chapter president, Duncan Giles. Duncan Giles, welcome back again.
1: Thanks, Larry. It's always good to be here. So we, uh,
0: we're supposed to be in that period of fall heading into winter. Yesterday, it was almost 80 degrees in central Indiana. What is going on?
1: Uh, climate climate change is just a myth. Global warming is just a myth. Yeah, you know, nothing... Nothing is changing about that, so I'm sure that has no effect on it whatsoever.
0: Well, I just know it's warm, and I can't like that, but the problem with it being warm in early November is that it's going to change we're just I'm just a guy that never really should have been born in into in what we would call a cold climate so. but here I sit. <laughs> In uh, in central India. I mean, it's not like where my daughter lives in South Dakota. Trust me, it's different there. But it's we still have our share of winters. And you know, people I know watch and listen to throughout the country. So you all have different climate wherever you may be and certain weather patterns. But uh, anyway, it is the time where weather does change wherever you're living. It's going to change a little bit this time of year. So we will go from the weather to something. That, you know, we said that you can't do anything about the weather, right? weather comes and goes, there's not much you can do about it. We're going to talk about something that a lot of people can do a lot about, and that's the budget stalemate on Capitol Hill. This has been our lead story in the podcast for, I don't know, ever since we started doing it. Well, COVID, when we started, obviously, was the number one story. But it seems like we always have budget stalemates. And there's an awful lot wrapped into that story, which we call the budget stalemate. So, I think what we need to do, let's just start off with this. We'll get into some weeds. I want an overview from you and from your point of view as to where this all stands at the moment we record this on the morning of November 8th.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about that this morning, and the, the thing that flashed into my head was the Bill Murray character Phil Connors from uh, a famous movie. Yeah, well, it's budget impasse time again. It's like Groundhog Day. It keeps coming back up and up and up. Um, This is something that is their basic job, but you've got some people that don't understand that they have to work together um, and perhaps even, I know this is a horrible word to say, compromise to figure out what's best for everyone overall. And that's apparently too tall of an order for the folks in D.C. right now.
0: So let's talk about some specifics. The first and most immediate thing we're dealing with here um, would have to be the fact that we have a continuing resolution that goes through November 17th. You know, I'm reading all the experts that have watched this for decades. What they're saying is neither side wants a government shutdown, and I think that's probably accurate. The problem is, how do you even get there? Because there are people in the House who are part of the majority who are saying, oh, yeah, we'll give you a continuing resolution. We have to cut this. We have to completely uh, defund the IRS practically in order to give you a continuing resolution. And, you know, the Senate majority and the president are saying no. So this is where we have to figure out what to do. And here's the thing people forget that there was a deal made several months ago by the then Speaker of the House providing some budget cuts. But they want to go to ridiculous ends, particularly when it comes to IRS, but some other places too, just to get a continuing resolution, just to continue to fund the government. The other thing is, and Duncan, this is part that a lot of the people and the pundits right now are not talking much about, and this is in – I think this is in the law or implied in the law that if there is no solution to this budget impasse, there's an automatic budget that goes into place which cuts 1% of everything, which includes a lot of programs that uh, the people in the majority of the House want, like in the military, for example. They, they don't want to take a 1% cut in the military. So there's a lot of moving parts here. Um and like you said, the way this is supposed to go, as our constitution and traditions have shown, is that people who disagree make a compromise and go. The compromise in this case was supposedly already made. And and so now with everybody saying, Oh, we don't want a government shutdown, the real question is how do we get there? As I said on the previous podcast, once you know Mike Johnson was elected as a Speaker of the House, it's not what he says initially. We pay attention to that. But at some point, he has to make a deal. At some point, uh, uh, something has to come together if they really do not want a government shutdown. And, Duncan, you and I have seen situations where both sides say, oh, we don't want a government shutdown, and a shutdown happens anyway.
1: Yeah, I think that there are certain people who are saying that they don't want a government shutdown that are, frankly, full of crap. Um, And I'd rather use stronger language than that, but I'll I'll keep it at that. Um, It's almost like if you don't do what I want, I'm going to take my ball and go home. If you don't give me all the concessions I want and every cut I want um, and to be honest, some of the things that are coming up in the House and out of the House are frankly ridiculous. Just ridiculous. Um, And they're going to have to deal it's a divided government. They're going to have to deal with the Senate. And the Senate is actually, you know, the Senate is having its disagreements, but there's a lot of basis for um, compromise there and for moving forward. They've moved a lot of reasonable bills in a bipartisan way out of the committees. So they're more more ready to go. The House is basically just saying, you know, we're going to take the money for uh, help for Israel. We're going to take it out of the uh, Inflation Reduction Act money that the IRS gets. So it puts the IRS back behind there. We want to cut, you know, certain agencies 30%. We want to take the administrators of those agencies and make them pay for, you know, give them a dollar as a salary. It's just stuff that is, frankly, not worthy of even discussing. And then you get into the tiered, Uh, continuing resolution idea which is absolutely asinine in my opinion because all you're doing is just trying to say okay for these we'll do this for these tougher agencies we'll do this and if they shut down we don't care i.e. the irs um there's just no common sense in some of these people and and you know they're not doing a favor for their constituents or the american people as a whole. And we need to try and figure out a way to move past this so we can pass bills and fund the government.
0: There's something else being discussed, and I want to give everybody a word of warning on this. The new Speaker of the House has thrown around an idea of some kind of budget commission or spending commission. People who have looked at this general idea have all um, basically have the same idea of what he's trying to do. He wants to cut Social Security. He wants to cut Medicare. And if that happens, our retirement systems are also in some kind of danger here. So when that is being discussed, it says, oh, we need a budget commission. Sounds reasonable. Beware, it may not be.
1: Absolutely. When you're talking about, you know, they want to do major cuts with this and that, if anybody wants to do anything, they're going to have to deal with, social security and medicare and medicaid first because those are the big drains on the budget but yet it's it's something that can be uh fraught with peril for folks who are are trying to entice voters it's just you know I, i the math just doesn't add up a lot of times with the kind of stuff that they talk about you know i heard in the uh in a debate last night well, we're going to, you know, reduce the size of government and cut taxes. So you want to raise revenue and reduce the deficit by cutting taxes even more. That makes perfect mass sense. It also makes great mass sense to try and reduce money going to the IRS that, you know, brings in anywhere from 93 to 95 percent, depending upon who you're listening to of the funds coming into the United States Treasury. Uh, You know, there's just so much out there that is nonsensical when we just need to work on a reasonable budget and a successful negotiation, and I've been involved in many of them, you've been involved, everybody negotiates, whether it's at home, whether it's, you know, for a car or a house or a contract, yeah, you know, a successful negotiation is basically nobody's happy, but everybody can live with it, and that's where we need to get to.
0: By the way, just as a kind of an aside – excuse me <coughs> – as an aside uh, on retirement, you know, we've talked previously about the fact that FERS uh, gets a, a worse – FERS retirement itself gets a 1 percent lower uh, cost of living adjustment in most years unless it's an extremely low amount. Uh, There is now legislation that has been introduced in the Senate to equalize that. So if you have any concerns, talk to your senators, because uh, that is now before the Senate. That is about as far as that idea has ever um, been in either House of Congress. So you have to start somewhere, and then there's a senator who has some co-sponsors, so... You know, contact your senator, encourage co-sponsorship, encourage support for that. If if you're on FERS and feel like you're getting a raw deal, you do have a point to make. So to wrap this up, Duncan, I think that what the advice we would give everyone on this whole budget stalemate with the November 17th deadline looming uh, for the exp- expiration of this current continuing resolution is, you know, uh, if, if you're an NTU member, we sue most of you are if you're listening. Go to NTU.org. Make sure you have your account set up. You can contract your, your, very easily your elected officials through uh, our NTU.org website. Uh, you can also sign up for newsletters to get updates at your email address. And, of course, as always, uh, we would uh, recommend that you like or or follow our Uh, facebook page where we try to keep you up to date as up to date as best we can just go on to facebook search for nteu chapter 49 indiana that exact phrase and uh, we'll keep you as as up to date as we can so anything more on the budget stalemate before we move on
1: yeah i just want to make sure that people understand we're eight and a half days away from a continuing resolution ending and i'm a guy that hopes for the best but plans for the worst plan for a shutdown have money set aside because i do believe it's going to happen i don't know how long it'll be again i hope it's short the last time you know we did get a another you know continuing resolution and it cost the person who was the speaker of the house at that time their position and i don't know if there's going to be anybody that's willing to step up and do that again. So I would just, just, I just want everybody to be prepared because I am just scared to death that this is going to be another shutdown and it's not going to be a short one. And the other part I want to add on this is there are two lists that go out: one for accepted employees and not accepted employees, and these are people who are going to have to work if there are a shutdown. The one list is for non-filing season. The other is for filing season. And last time we were using funds, we were saying we're going to use funds from the IRA and have a lot more people working. And we were told, no, we can't do that. So there's a good chance that a lot more people will not be going in, will not be working during this. Um, And I just want everybody to be prepared for those eventualities because i do think that it's looming large and i don't want anybody to be surprised
0: moving on we were concerned uh, very much concerned that this lack of a, a full budget would have an impact on the award cycle awards normally go out in, in late november but duncan you do have some good news on that front
1: yeah we were informed that the awards will be going out uh november 27th and you know, people had already started. You know, that's that's always a concern for people, and I hear it. I hear it daily, uh, several times a day. Uh, you know, when are the awards coming out? Do I qualify for an award? How much is my award going to be? Now, it's still going to be the same two percent of salaries in your pool, and it's the top fifty-five percent and ties that get it. We know if you. The only thing we do know, if you're below a three point four you're not going to get an award on your overall score on your appraisal. If you're at a 4.6 outstanding or above, you will be getting an award. How much of an award? We don't know yet. What happens is the IRS, once they do, you know, have that information, they send over to National NTU everybody in the IRS who's going to be getting an award, a bargaining unit who's getting an award. And that is like opening up a fire hydrant and just spewing out because that's, you know, tens of thousands of names. What NTU does, and I'm so thankful for the folks in our national office who do this, is they break it down by chapters and then send the chapters the information saying, okay, here are your folks that you represent. And here's who's going to be getting an award and not getting an award. What we do here in Chapter 49, I used to send out emails individually to everyone saying, okay, you know, here's what you're going to get. That's become way too cumbersome. What I will be doing as soon as I get the information as Chapter President, I'll be sending out an email to the membership saying, I've got the information. If you wish to know if you're getting an award and how much you're getting, send me an email, and I will respond to those in the order they're received. And I'll turn them around as quick as I do. Usually it's same day. The first day we get them, I usually get uh, anywhere from 30 to 100 requests. So I have to look up each one individually and send it to you. So we do get that information out. It will be on HR Connect as well. We don't know um, you know, what the correlation will be, how soon they'll be on HR Connect versus how soon the chapters will get them. But we want to give you the information. National NTU wants to make sure that you have the information as soon as you can. So they're working diligently to get us the information. But until I get that information, I have no clue whether you're getting an award or not. There's nothing for me to look up. There's no way for me to tell. The other thing that people ask about is, well, you know, it seems awfully late. You know, this this seems awfully late to get it. It is supposed to be done by the end of the fiscal year. But contractually, IRS has the right to pay them in the first quarter of the following year, and they've availed themselves of this for the past several years, at least decade. So it could come anywhere between October 1st to December 31st. So the mid to late November seems to be about the sweet spot. So if you're saying it's it's late, now, again, we don't have the information on exactly what you're going to get yet. As soon as we do have that information, though, I will be letting folks in chap- that we represent in Chapter 49 uh, to know that. And then we'll be able to look it up, send you the information so you'll know what you're going to be getting before taxes.
0: Well, Duncan, I just want to ask this. Uh, do we have a, uh, an awards program for podcast producers at Chapter 49?
1: Uh, Yes, we do. We uh, basically give you uh, twenty percent of your salary.
0: Okay, let's see. Twenty percent of zero is okay. All right. (laughs) I do want to say
1: it is the same award (laughs) pool as the uh, chapter president. gets.
0: Oh, the chapter president uh, uh, is that their own job? So, for your job, you get the same kind of, and uh, chapter presidents are normally full time. They aren't all. So chapter presidents are normally not eligible for awards, so you just want to make that little comment just in case people wonder, right? Uh,
1: Yeah, I mean, you have to work a certain amount of hours to do that. Um, Because of our situation here in Chapter 49 and all the things that we do, I do not avail myself of that. So no, I have not gotten an award in over 20 years, Um, but the thing is, I know that I'm not getting an award, so i do it to myself, basically.
0: Yeah, but just one reminder. This is serious. There's only an awards program because NTEU exists. There's only an awards program because NTEU pushed for it way back in the 1980s. It was the late 1980s when this awards program began. It's morphed into many different – types of award programs, what it began is not anything like what it is today, Uh, just in the way it works, but also in the the amount, because we have, uh, as a union, been able to negotiate better terms in just about every, at least protected it when it came under attack, and have tried to enhance it as best as possible. Uh, if, If there were no NTEU, there would be no awards program. Is that a fair statement to make, Duncan?
1: That is absolutely a fair and accurate statement. Uh, the IRS would not do it out of the goodness of their heart. It is um, it is something that's negotiated because we want to make sure that it's done fairly and correctly. And it's a complicated um, situation on how how the award system works and how the pools do and things of that nature. But it's truly a fair system as much as we can make it.
0: Okay, let's move on as a reminder. we're Again, we're recording this the morning of November 8th. Uh, you've talked about this before, a reminder on a, on a webinar that may be of interest to many of our members.
1: Yeah, we're coming up on uh, FEHB open season. So, you know, and I'm one that wants everybody to take a look at their, um, you know, their health insurance, vision insurance, dental insurance, things of that nature to make sure that they get the best deal for themselves and their family. United Benefits are folks who work with our national union, and they're going to be doing a webinar on the 14th at a couple of different times to talk about the different options that you have under FEHB. I'm betting it'll probably be very helpful um, that they can you know, talk about some of the differences in some of the different programs and what might work best for you, because what's gonna work best for one family is not gonna work best for another person it's not going to work best for another couple. So everybody's situation varies wildly. You know, you want to make sure that you get the best for yours. And so, uh, you know, United benefits by putting on uh, this webinar that was sent out by national NTU. if you need more details on this, feel free to email me and I'll shoot you out the, uh, the information. Uh, but you know, anything that I can, that we can get you, That'll give you more information. And again, another great one is the consumer checkbook that'll be coming up on the 13th, uh, Open for to You members, where you're actually comp- able to compare apples to apples and oranges to oranges um, on health care plans is another great tool. So anything that you can use to save yourself some money uh, to get the best health care plan for you and your family, I cannot emphasize enough that I think it's a great thing.
0: Yes, yeah, a free webinar which gives you a, an idea of how to how to navigate that system. It's not always easy. And a consumer checkbook NTU offers also is another great guide that you can use. So NTU is doing everything it can to support its membership on making good decisions. And it's not just the FEHB, the, the overall health insurance. It's also the whole benefits package, which includes vision, dental, and some other things. So, again, that's coming up in... Uh, and uh, if you have any questions, talk contact Duncan in Indiana or your chapter leaders wherever you may be watching or listening. There's something else that's been going on. We've talked about this off and on, and and it's it's about something called Schedule F. And uh, you know what does that mean? Some people still don't know what that means. Schedule. Here's a, a discussion of Schedule F. That is a system by which we, uh, as a government, decide you know, who are presidential appointees in the federal civil service and who's not. There's at least one political party in America that's that has, has uh, published a, a list of goals next time they have the presidency. I guess you can figure out which party it is by saying that. But they basically want to t- take Schedule F and make it into something else. What they want to do is greatly, and I mean greatly expand, the number of federal jobs that are presidential appointees. So whenever a new president comes in, especially of another party, everybody in that presidential appointment pool is fired and you hire brand new people. So when you hear Schedule F, that's what it's all about. NTEU is leading a group of uh, federal employee groups uh, that advocate for federal employees uh, wanting the Office of Personnel Management to be uh, expedite a rulemaking proposal to limit the ability of uh, the expansion of these presidential appointments. We think we have enough now. Most of the top people in agencies are presidential appointments. The other uh, positions, like our memberships, would be. Uh, civil service and not presidential appointees. So, Duncan, I think we all need to pay attention to it. We'll talk about it on this podcast, and we'll also uh, update people uh, on our, our uh, Facebook page about this. But we don't want to let people go too many weeks without being reminded of it. This is a proposal that would essentially gut a large part of the federal civil service.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that we pride ourselves on is you know being nonpartisan, impartial. We're here to do a job for the American people, not one political party or another, not the left, not the right. You know, it's to help the taxpayers, regardless. And when you start injecting politics into, you know, who's gonna be appointing, are they gonna take care of all the, you know, taxpayers or just the ones that favor their ideas and thoughts and things of that nature? And, you know, it's just an extraordinarily bad idea and I'm So happy that NTU is leading the charge with the other uh, federal employee unions on this to try and talk to OPM and get them to issue some regulations that would basically bar Schedule F from coming in, regardless of whether it's a Republican or Democratic uh, administration. You know, there, there there are some jobs that are political appointees. Absolutely, that's understood, and that's fine at a very high level. But when you start wanting to do it, either willy-nilly or where the folks actually do the work, uh, you know, getting this for the American people, that should absolutely be civil service work for folks who are professionals who do it regularly and are doing it for the taxpayers and not doing it as a uh, political plum.
0: So we'll keep an eye on this and we'll let you know what's what's going on. So Duncan, I want to incorporate uh, this into our. Our, our final comments, because we're coming up on Veterans Day. Uh, again, this is November 8th. Uh, November, uh, is it November? No, it's November 9th. I gave the wrong date again, Duncan. I said it was November 8th. We're doing this on November 9th. I mean, I think you're going to have to find a younger person to do, to host this podcast for you. I'm not sure I'm capable of doing this anymore. Uh, so we are, uh, I was going to say that this, this wasn't adding up. So this is November 9th. November 11th is considered Veterans Day because it's tied to the armistice that ended World War I. And uh, so because uh, November 11th uh, comes down on a Saturday, the federal government will uh, celebrate that, uh, I guess it's a celebration for veterans, on on Friday, November 10th. So uh, Veterans Day has always been a very important uh, event. holiday and observance for me. My father was a disabled veteran, and uh, I'd like your thoughts as, as we uh, approach uh, Veterans Day on the day that we record this podcast.
1: Yeah, I uh, am so, so thankful for all of those who served our country in any branch of the military. Um, like your father, my father was a uh, veteran shipped out just in time for the Battle of the Bulge, um, during World War II, um, you know, and had some harrowing experiences during that time. But, you know, he went and he served his country. And, you know, I think that that is just a outstanding thing to do. And I salute each and every veteran that is listening or watching this podcast um, and thanking you for your service because I feel it's extremely important And, you know, we wouldn't be here without our veterans. And I just, I can't thank them enough.
0: Yes, veterans are to be recognized, celebrated, and honored on a day like Veterans Day. And we hope you do that in your own way. Uh, So anyway, yes, Veterans Day, a very important federal holiday that's been around for a very long time. So try to take that day and at least do something to celebrate maybe a veteran. You know, and that's one thing, Duncan, you're working for the federal government for 28 years Because there is a veteran's preference for hiring, you and I have worked with an awful lot of veterans and uh, love knowing every single one of them. So thank you, Duncan Giles. This is the Chapter 49 podcast. Uh, we're done for November 9th. Sorry if I said it was the 8th earlier. That's what you get when you get a 72-year-old guy hosting your podcast, but uh, we'll try to keep it as accurate as we can. And again, we, we appreciate the fact that you're watching, listening. Tell others about the podcast. to Send links if you think they get something out of it. But in the meantime, again, thanks for watching and listening. Please be safe. And be kind.